is worthy of our praise, amen? He's faithful, full of grace, forgiveness. The reason I'm here uh, in this place speaking, and it has been a long road. He has had to walk me through paths that have, uh, that have been painful at times, but necessary in order to have breakthrough, to show me what faith was and what faith is. My message tonight is breakthrough with faith. The story I'm going to be sharing is, uh, is about the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, Mark 5, 25, 34. Um, I want to open up with prayer. Father God, we ask that your word come through. What you want us to hear, what you want me to say, Lord, comes through. As Donna prayed that our spirits and our, we would all be engaged in what you are doing in this place and what you are going to do, what you want us to take away from this message that you have brought, that you have put together, Lord. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name. So breakthrough comes when we step out in faith, pressing in, and pushing through opposition. We don't have breakthrough without opposition. There are things that come in our lives that want to keep us from moving forward, especially when it comes to the path that God has set before us. We all have a calling on our lives. We all have gifts that he wants us to share to bring more hearts and souls into the kingdom of heaven. He gives us that, and faith is one of those. He gives us a measure of faith. He gives us faith. It helps us make it through those uh, barriers that try to come up against us. It helps us break through. Uh, I want to read a definition of faith. Faith, belief, firm persuasion, assurance, firm conviction, faithfulness. Faith is confident in what we hope for and the assurance that the Lord is working, even though we cannot see it. When the walls of Jericho were being circled, they didn't see a pebble move, but they kept going. They kept marching in faith, knowing that those walls, because God said it would come down, Faith knows that no matter what the situation in our lives or someone else's, that the Lord is working in it. Now, I, in my, you can't see it, I don't have a PowerPoint, but I put someone else's life. I made that bold. I was that someone else. I was that someone else so that my mother-in-law came to our house when I was in the middle of my addiction and alcoholism and all that and opened her Bible and read and prayed. It was her faith that helped bring me to this point right here. 
It was her prayers of faith that brought me over and through addiction to fully to step into what calling that God had in my life as a worshiper. It was the prayers of my wife that brought me into this place where God would plant me and grow me and put the leaders over me that would feed me and nurture me and bring me up in the ways of the Lord. <laughs> See, I didn't experience that growing up. I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in a religion that was very black and white. Very <laughs> brimstone and hellfire. You make one step over that line, you're done. There was no grace. There was no mercy. There was no forgiveness. That was the first obstacle that came in front of me when it came to realizing who God is, who he truly is. Not a judge with a hammer ready to pound on me, but a God with arms open waiting to receive me and clothe me in love and mercy. As I was praying and going over my message and listening to worship, God brought to me the breakthroughs that we've had in this church, the breakthroughs with Becky and Rachel. That little girl that I didn't even know at the time, but we were praying for by faith. And God touched her. The breakthrough that's going to come for Ryan, because we are praying by faith, knowing that he is going to be delivered from these headaches, and it's going to be an amazing testimony to God's love and God's purpose for our lives. There's so many testimonies in this place of God's love. Debbie, Freddie. I mean, there are examples of breakthrough by faith. Denise and I have been married 18 years. We've had our fair share of obstacles when we got together. Our upbringing, um, we both came from families that were divorced. We both uh, just were raised differently. I was raised, I was going to work. School was out of the question. I'm just, that's my lot in life is to work, become a pastor, lead the next church that I grew up in. Even, though, even if I didn't want it. Our lifestyles before Christ were not the most uh, wholesome, <laughs> righteous, <laughs> to put it lightly. But God, bro God brought us into this place as we, become, as we became one, we brought all that baggage, but God has unpacked a lot of that because of faith traumatic experiences that we had gone through and brought into this marriage, God has broken through and broken off of us. There are times when they pop up and try to trip us up. And <laughs> we at times give in and just end up button heads, but then we realize, no, this isn't of God. This isn't what he brought us together for. It's our faith in Christ Jesus that brought us and continues to bring us through breakthrough. So I'm going to jump right in, because I know I've only got a 
limited time. I want to give enough time for the groups at the end. Um, I'm used to coming from a church that can go for about three hours without breaking a sweat. Um, and actually, if you weren't sweating by the end of the three, you kept going until you started sweating because that's when you knew you were really getting into it. And, you know, spirit was moving, all that good stuff. But we'll try to keep it short <laughs> and still get what God wants us to hear. So I'm going to open up Mark 5.25. Now a certain woman, actually, sorry, there are three things that happened in nine verses that really impacted me as I was reading this, as God was preaching to me. You know, you hear that saying, you're preaching to the choir. Well, sometimes the choir needs to be preached to, and I needed to be preached this message <laughs> so I can share it. Um, so I'm going to open up. Um, now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. This is where the opposition comes in. A little bit of background. I dug into this, and we go back to Le Leviticus 15.25, where they're talking about the woman's cycle. Well, in Leviticus 25, it says if it goes past their cycle or outside of that, this woman was basically unclean. Anybody that touched her was unclean. Anything she touched is unclean. I mean, there was this whole ritual that needed to happen <laughs> in order for her to be freed, you know, sacrificing turtle doves, pigeons, I mean, the whole nine yards. So as you can imagine, nobody wanted to be around her. She had, was basically a shut-in, with the exception of the physicians, and even then they had to be washed daily and were unclean until, you know, I think it says the evening time. This is her first opposing force. She heard that he was coming, realized she has to go out in public with this issue. She's going to be touching people. People are going to see her. People are going to know she's unclean. They're going to think, oh, I'm unclean now. Yes, this is the time of Jesus, but they're still, this is still going around. They're, there's this whole stigma attached to her. Some of the emotional scarring that takes place when you're uh, uh, shunned, basically, is what it boils down to. You're cast out as unclean, untouchable. So the psychological and emotional issues and baggage that came with that. But she stepped out. <laughs> she stepped out in faith, knowing that if she touched his robe, she would be healed. She believed it with every fiber of her being. One of the things I noticed in that is she came behind him in the crowd. She didn't want to cause a scene. She didn't want to uh, 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 cause a stir. She wanted to go unnoticed. She figured if she just came up behind him and just touched him, touched his robe, she would be good. How many times do we come before God when we have an issue? And we don't feel worthy of the healing or restoration that he has for us. 
We try not to draw attention to ourselves because we don't want that attention. We don't feel we're worthy of that. We don't feel we're worthy of the prayers, the faith prayers of others. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore let us, with privilege, out of the Amplified, approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear, so that we may have grace, so we receive mercy, sorry, for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Grace is that enabling power and spiritual healing offered through the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. That's that strength to stand before him and approach with confidence, saying, I am your child, and I believe what you have to offer. Mark 5, 28, 29, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. She believed that she was healed. She didn't just believe it, she spoke it into existence. She spoke it out. She says, I'm going to be healed and made well. I think about the times that I've come with a prayer, with a request, and I say the prayer, and then I just leave it. I say the prayer and I walk away. By walking away, I'm not truly believing that he's going to answer the prayer. You see, that gives me an out. And it's an area in my life that I struggle with, that I need breakthrough in. Because I say, well, if he didn't answer that prayer, I guess it wasn't supposed to happen it wasn't his will which feeds the lie in my head and I don't know if it's the same for you but that I'm not worthy that he isn't here my prayers whether I'm praying for myself or someone else he's not listening I can be in the middle of worship and sometimes a thought would come in. Do you really believe what you're saying? It's faith in who he is and what he has done in my life that allows me and gives me the strength and the grace to say, yes, I do believe what I'm singing. I do believe every word that I'm singing, not just what's on the page, but what's in my heart. I do believe that his promises are true, that he's going to fulfill them. He's going to fulfill the call in my life. He's going to fulfill the call in your lives. He doesn't make mistakes. Never. He never has. He's not going to. He's never failed, and he's not going to. He calls us 
his own, the prodigal that turns, he runs to that prodigal, to every new heart that accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, he runs to that heart and clothes brings the best. Throws a feast like no other. Celebrates. Mark 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? Now, that, that, I found that kind of funny, because I look at this, and in my mind I'm thinking, does he have like the doctor is in sign that he flips on and off? Just when he walks in, okay, you, I'm dealing with you. No, he's on, and he's healing. Whether he is talking to somebody or not, his grace and his virtue and his power and his will, I mean, it's on all the time. Forgiveness, grace, mercy, it is on. It never turns off. His attention focuses on everybody. When a heart is softened and full of faith and reaching out to him, it is on. <laughs> we don't have to be, you know. <laughs> no, he is on all the time. He's good all the time. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Fear and trembling. I don't think it was true fear as in I'm afraid. I think it was awe. It was just full on. You healed me. It is worship. It is... Uh, it is gratitude, it is all of that. It's not fear and trembling because you're standing before <laughs> Jesus, healer, in his grace and all. <laughs> if she was able to stand, I'd be kind of surprised. I know I would most likely be on my face and shaking. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Faith. How many times in his word did, we, did he hear how uh, uh, faith is raised from the dead? Children, soldiers. Time and time again, it's faith. I, I was looking at something. I found Matthew Henry's commentary on this. It says, Christ passed by the affront and looks around to see her that had done this thing, not that he might blame her for her presumption, but that he might commend and encourage her faith and by his own act and deed might warrant and confirm the cure and ratify to her that which she had 
surreptitiously obtained. He needed not any should inform him, for he had presently his eyes upon her. And then he says, note, as secrets, secret acts of sin, so secret acts of faith are known to the Lord Jesus and are under his eye. If believers derive virtue from Christ ever so closely, he knows it and is pleased with it. A lot of the times we say, you know, our sins are going to come out, you've got to bring it out, everybody's watching, it's, you know. But we need to look at, as, as we step out in faith, he sees that too. He sees that as well, and it, I, just, I just see him smiling. He's got this giddy look about him, like, yeah, he got it. Yes, he's stepping out. <laughs> just celebrating and jumping and, and laughing and all those things that proud parents do for their kids. God's sitting up there saying, we've got a party going on now. Let's go. Let's get it on. We're going to worship. We're going to praise. Bring out the fatted calf. Bring out, you know, you got a whole buffet line going. <laughs> this is a full-on party. We're going to have fun now. Let's go. <laughs> He's pleased when we act on our faith, when we activate that faith, when we step out and trust him. When we trust him. <laughs> faith is trust. We have faith that our car is going to start in the morning and get us to work. We go in, put the key in, start it. We just have faith and trust that it's going to start and get us to where we're going. Imagine we have faith in our Christ and our Savior. <laughs> he brings it all back to faith. So that faith. It was the woman's faith that caused her to press in and touch the hem of his rope. It's faith. It drove her into his presence. It propelled her it's uh, she said i don't care what happens i don't care what is trying to stop me from getting in front or even touching his hem of his robe i'm going to do it i'm going to step out in faith i'm going to break through those walls i'm going to snap those chains i'm going to blow the roof off this thing and i'm going to touch his robe i'm going to be healed and that's going to be the end of it and that's what happened she broke through. She touched his robe. She was healed. He turned around and said, it was your faith that did it. That's what it comes back to. That's what it all comes back to. And yes, it's going to be tested. He said that. I went through hard times. You're going to go through hard times, but... He's already defeated all that. He took care of all that. If we trust in that, if we trust in him and what he said, we're going to get through it, not just, be, not just get through it, but overcome it. 